can't bust out of here like they do in the movies, because even if you get out, you're still in prison. Welcome back to Bizarre Podcast, Dogs Must Die. My name is Grant, you can call him Chip, and today we are talking about episodes 13 through 15 of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stone Ocean. It was weird to, uh, you know, rewatch these for the podcast, because it feels like I literally just watched these, because they only came out, <laughs> right? like... You know, like I've read through the whole thing too, but it's it's just different when it when it's the the actual anime. But in roughly a month, you're going to have that same feeling, but worse. <laughs> yep, yep. Like I haven't even been able to get through and like watch all of the the final third yet, but I'll get there soon. Uh, anyways, but but before we go on, I just want to mm-hmm. talk again about last week's episode. How we mm. we had. A little bit of an experiment to, I guess, test some of the claims from manga and theory in practice. Like, yeah, as as bizarre as the events are, is the structure of JoJo's normal and legible to a total outsider? Even throwing them in like six parts deep, and the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. I think that is a success. But some secondary uh, uh, results have come to light <laughs> in that. While doing my homework for this week, I had to stop myself so many times from just, like, pinging Cameron to be like, shit, you will not believe <laughs> I've <laughs> <Yeah>. become. <laughs> just, just by, like, inducting a new person, even someone who may or may not ever watch a 13th episode. Yeah. That's fine. That's cool. I've become the fan who's just wants to dangle these little mm-hmm. things because I'm not... I'm one step higher on the rung now in, in or in the pyramid scheme of yep. JoJo's fandom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and these three episodes certainly have quite a few things that you could just use as a uh, out of context like a little thing to dangle in front of somebody to be like, huh? Sounds pretty uh-huh. weird, huh? You, sounds like you gotta watch it, maybe. <laughs> And especially things that relate directly to things he was saying in yeah. that episode last week. Uh, I mean, you want to talk about going back and, and redoing the revenge film and the women in prison film. Yeah, let's talk about Hermes in mm-hmm. uh, episode 13, Kiss of Love and Revenge 1. You know, the last episode had to be kind of like the end of the season sort of, you know, it had to try mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. match that type of format, even though it, it's not, it, it's, <laughs> it does it's, not have the content to, yeah. to do it. So, and so we, so this one has to be the start. Yeah. Likewise. So it, it opens with this strange title card that is made of Jolene's mugshot placard. Yes. And the way they do it, and the font even, is very much like you wouldn't download a car. It's that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's that weird kind of sloppy looking almost typewriter font. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's just her her placard and a lot of the letters fade away until it's just the letters that would spell out Stone Ocean and they form that and then like wiggle away and fade out of frame. And yes, after we we just get, you know, full screen Stone Ocean again, we we see the prison Mm -hmm outside and then we see a whole bunch of shit has gone down uh there is inside the prison in some strange room uh a gravestone smashed to pieces a bunch Mm -hmm. of heavily armed guards coming to this locked room where jolene is uh on all fours looking over and uh ermes who is very bloody and injured she gets arrested 
Yeah, a bunch of guards in like riot gear rush forward and are like, what is all of this? Why? What happened? What are you doing? You're arrested. But like, what? Yeah. And they're like, this is the second time you've caused trouble for us. Failed escape attempt. We completely forgot about that other time because frogs rained everywhere. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. And they just start listing all the crazy shit they found near her, such as a woman with her head caved in. As she is just, yeah, cuffed and dragged into the ultra-security zone, uh, there's a deep gash in one of her shoulders, and this whole time, Jolene is refusing to speak. She's not even saying that she won't talk. She's just not talking. Yeah. By the way, one of the two guards here, dragging her along, has Giorno's hair, but more. (laughs) Sort of. Yeah, yeah. You thought three little donuts was something? How about a dozen? His whole head is donuts. Yeah, he he (laughs) doesn't have the the braided mullet in the back, but he sure has way more donuts. She she is accused of killing this uh, uh, previously unseen inmate in the prison crypt. And the thing that comes to mind for me is, wait, there's a prison crypt? They've got everything in Uh, here. (laughs) Yeah, this is a fully featured uh, prison. They got everything. These two guards, you know, drag her to uh, a new cell in a completely mm-hmm. different uh, area, which, if I remember correctly, they don't name this place yet. It's got a hell of a name when we get there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the place they're dragging her through, there's like a, it's like a very large circular room. Nothing mm-hmm. in the middle, really. Just a dirt, just a concrete lot. And then, it's a it's a straight up like single level panopticon yeah, layout, yeah. I guess. Except without the guardhouse in the center. Yes. I I guess Araki just really enjoyed drawing the Coliseum and was like, yeah, prison can be like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So she gets thrown into one of the cells here in this like panopticon style place. And we, we almost get some flashbacks of Polnareff as when she's thrown in there, her head lands right next to the poopy toilet. It's it's uh, dark. It's disgusting. It's rank. She just gets bread and water. That water is not a good color, and there's bugs on the bread. Yeah, that water is brown. Pure brown. And the other inmates in this security zone are, shall we say, enthusiastic to have a woman nearby. <laughs> One guy shouts, it sure smells like a woman, huh? <laughs> and then suddenly someone throws shit at her. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Hits her in the face, and he cries out, hey, look, I threw some shit on her face. That woman's face and my shit touched each other. <laughs> to which a reply rings out, I want to throw mine at her, too. Hmm. They've invented a sport. Jolene is just, th- again, she's still saying, she's saying something now, but it it really feels like her inner inner monologue. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, she she's talking about how like, hey, okay, I got here. I can't let any of this, you know, phase me. I got to keep my my mental fortitude up because I got shit to do here. She's got a mission, so she has to keep her strength. She has to keep her focus, and so she's going to eat the bug bread. Mm-hmm. Uh, and meanwhile, at the uh, the cathedral. Uh, mm-hmm. Poochie is bathed in golden light at the pulpit. It looks like he's reading the Bible, but he's actually just got the Bible open and he's holding Jotaro's memory disc. And so Looking he thinks that. back to flashback times. Mm-hmm. And he vows to reach heaven one way or another. Yeah. It's funny how, and like this changes not much further into the show, mm-hmm. but Dio 
in this flashback compared to everyone else is probably the character who they tried to keep looking the most like the the Stardust (laughs) Crusaders art style. (laughs) Like eventually he does start to look more like a a part six character, but he, for a while, he really is almost just verbatim what he looked like in part three. Three times the width of Poochie. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. just (laughs) massive. I mean, it's... If one thing, if one character was never affected uh, by art and art style, it should be Jonathan Joestar because his defining trait is being fucking huge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he had very little else going on for him, relatively. Yeah, he was just a real swell guy mm-hmm. that was four hundred pounds. Yeah, after Pucci vows in present time, you know, I will find one way or another to attain heaven. Closes the book. Uh, and we go into the OP, which is the same OP as before, but with some small changes. Some small and significant changes, particularly at the end, where the final bits of Jolene in the, the original cut, I guess, the formulation of this opening sequence were her turning away from her father and embracing uh, the, the bars that hold her and looking through them with t- determination. Instead, she looks at Jotaro, walks toward him, and embraces him from behind. Mm-hmm. Ah, and then the final shots of uh, uh, Stone Ocean from above, of Green Dolphin from above, now have the frogs and Savage Garden added to yep. them. Yep. <laughs> so out of the OP, we see Hermes demonstrating the powers of Kiss again. Yes. Uh, on some She's pens. narrating directly to the viewer, no, to her target, because she is... <laughs> Rehearsing her Inigo Montoya speech, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of what I thought it was, too. So she's not only, like, in her headspace showing, like, ah, I put a sticker on it. There's two things. I take the sticker off. They smash into each other violently. We get it. We remember. Uh, But she's also stalking Sports Max. Yes. This is one where I think the the localized name of just Sports Maximum is better because it's so very silly. (laughs) Yes, like sports the maximum of sports. <laughs> like even among JoJo naming conventions and having guys with weird names or stands with you know band names and just things that sound ludicrous to call someone uh, as their name, sports maximum is a step above all of them. I think. <laughs> named because- of course for the sports max fashion line, mm-hmm. which is very like '60s '70s mod. Like, I, I think yeah. very swinging London when I look at Sports Max clothes, but whatever. Even with a lot of the other character names, it's just like, okay, it's pretty ridiculous for a guy to be named Vanilla Ice, but he's a vampire, so he can do whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> this is a guy <laughs> whose name is Sports Maximum, as if he is the guy who is the best at all sports, verified. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and also, it's just really fun to hear... White snakes say sports maximum. It's very good. Uh, I do like that his original, like Iraqi blessed name, has two X's. That's something mm, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's let's look at this guy. This is a man in love with the Oxford comma, the Yale comma. <laughs> he, he, every comma this man enjoys. So Sports Max is wearing just kind of a uh, uh, like a light purple suit. Uh, mm-hmm. that's got yeah it's got those commas like kind of all over like not small 
like polka dotted patterns or anything, just kind of randomly placed pretty big uh, all over his suit. Imagine if the Paisley design didn't have all the little embellishments and scallops. It, mm, it's yeah. just a comma. Mm-hmm. He's got pretty short, but like spiked up blonde hair. And then his eyebrows are also commas. Yes. Yes, they are. <laughs> circular, like circular eyebrows with little curls coming out of the side of each one. And this guy's whole characterization basically is that he is a professional gangster in the American style. He is not a mafioso. He's yeah. he's, he's a businessman. Mm-hmm. And his business is killing people who see him do crimes. <laughs> like killing people. <laughs> so yes, Hermes is kind of stalking Sports Maximum here who is currently just picking a rose from a big pot of flowers and then oh there's father pucci he's talking directly to him uh Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so ermis just has to leave this is not the time to kill him and we see the rose that he had picked uh suddenly has maggots all over it hmm that sucks that sucks meanwhile in the cafeteria uh jolene and ff are in line to get food and Mm -hmm. someone cuts in line and jolene ain't gonna take that shit and FF is just like, eh. It's okay. I like nobody in the world res- respects Atro, who everyone thinks that I am. It's just how it goes. Uh, and Jolene says, we should change that. The way you change that, a lesson I learned as soon as I got in here, is you tell people, you, you demand respect, and you tell them to shut the fuck up, or you'll beat them in half. And Foo Fighters says, no. No, I have a different plan. (laughs) (laughs) If people didn't respect Atro, it's because she was doing something wrong. So while I pilot this body, I am... (laughs) I can see all of its, like, instincts and behaviors, so I will do the opposite. Foo Fighters is doing a Seinfeld episode. (laughs) Yeah. It's the summer of George here in Green Dolphin Prison. God, that's what it is. (laughs) Yeah, she's just like, hmm, Atro's body wants coffee, so I'm going to drink tea instead. Atro's body wants bread, so I'll get some rice. Hey, Jolene, what's the opposite of pork? And Jolene is stumped by this question, as I would be. Yeah. And uh, our lunch lady inmate, our Seven Wonders inmate, is like, hey, the opposite of pork is salmon. (laughs) Yeah. As if she has considered this quandary before. Yeah. It's every these are all debates that have happened multiple times in prison. There's only so many talking points here. You get bored. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, we read all of the the contemporary nonfiction, and we have to do something else with our time. Yeah, it's it. It feels like that question and how quickly she answers it is like something that gets brought up just as frequently as is a hot dog a sandwich. Mm -hmm, That that mm -hmm. type of annoying question. And it comes down to, eventually, the the matter at hand. The opposite of people cutting you in line isn't preventing people from cutting you in line. uh, uh, Because Atro would prefer to not have people cut. Mm -hmm. No, so the opposite behavior is to make more people cut in front of you, (laughs) even ones that didn't want to. Yeah, yeah. So a giant argument breaks out, and FF and Jolene can just, like, sneak through the the crowd that's bickering at one another just to get their food and go. (laughs) Eureka, it works. (laughs) 
Uh, this is what happens when your best friend is a weird little alien freak. <laughs> yep. I love it. Uh, I love FF. Oh, also in this scene, like right before uh, the the lunch lady answers what the opposite of pork is, uh, we established that FF has like healing powers. She She's the healer of the party. Sort of. Sort of. Sort of. Now, what they can do is not heal, but just like caulk your wound closed with pond scum. Yeah. Yeah, because we can see that Jolene still has wounds from the the two places in her abdomen that she was shot, and yeah, they're just glued up with with pond scum right now until it <laughs> they fully have heals. all the healing powers of really good bandages. You know, it's it's not nothing, but it, yeah. it ain't magic. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. There, there's like when she's talking about these, you know, the the best she can do with her stand power. She's talking about, you know, like the plankton and how well they can form and all that. Uh, and like her pinky finger turns into like plankton goo and then reforms into a pinky. And like they're talking about this directly in front of the lunch lady who's just staring at them. Like, can you fucking just get some food and move? <laughs> What's the opposite of you wasting my time? Huh? Huh? Answer that one. Come on. <laughs> so, yeah, a, a big old fight broke out from them making everyone cut each other in line. Uh, and this is when Jolene is asking FF, like, hey, have you seen Hermes any- around anywhere? Like, haven't so seen have her in a bit. Quick flashback to Frog Day, and it turns out I was right. That hot gossip that uh, Foo Fighters <laughs> gave to Hermes was just, there's weird shit out in the courtyard. People are talking about frogs. Mm-hmm. But instead of going to look, Hermes took the opportunity to go trail Sports Maximum. <laughs> So now Jolene has to tri- uh, uh, find out why Hermes is tracking a dude. So she goes and asks for Gwess's gossip and pays the fee. Gwess is apparently an information broker around the prison. Mm-hmm. And Gwess is also reading not Vogue magazine, but Vogue. There's no U there. <laughs> yes. Vogue Squadron, my, my favorite uh, uh, <laughs> extended universe <laughs> miniseries. Mm-hmm. I love that Gwess is still, like, a recurring character who's, like, kind of a shitty lady, but she's our shitty lady now, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Who's who's she making tiny these days? She loves to have a little guy. Yeah. Are we just running out of guards? <laughs> it does seem like it could be a pretty useful reconnaissance thing if you're using it deliberately, but... Mm-hmm, Got to mm-hmm. pay her a lot for that, I suppose. So they get some info, and then they have to go corroborate it in the newspaper stacks in the reading room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they got a whole research library in this prison. I'm, I'm just waiting for her to like start digging through like microfish or something. Yes, you know, yes. like. <laughs> uh, but what they find is uh, exactly as as Gwess led them to believe. Hermes's sister Gloria was killed in a gang war six years ago as some, like, collateral damage. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I had to check, and apparently, according to the fan wiki, Gloria uh, uh, Gloria Costello is named for either Gloria Estefan or the Van Morrison song Gloria, or mm. both, perhaps. Okay. Uh, Gloria's Japanese voice was the titular Witch Hunter Robin and Kaecilia Zabi in Gundam The Origin, and dubbed for Molly Ringwald in Pretty in Pink. <laughs> okay. That reminds me, I didn't uh, do cast notes for Sports Max before oh, we moved yeah, on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's he, what's he got? Uh, his Japanese voice was uh, P.O.H. in Sword Art Online. Okay. Uh, some 
bad guy, I suppose, and dubbed for Idris Elba in the Jungle Book remake. Whoa, okay. While we've heard, I guess, uh, uh, the English voice as the murdered personal trainer in Thus Spoke Rohan. Okay. And he was both Black Lightning and Black Manta in Injustice 2. Mm. So yeah, Gloria. Uh, we, we see a, mm-hmm. a picture of her in the newspaper. Very normal looking woman by JoJo standards. It's just a lady. It's That's, just a lady in a big cable knit sweater. She looks cozy. Yeah, yeah. We, we switch over to Ermis now. Again, <clears throat> just like hanging around near Sports Maximum, just waiting to find a place where they can be alone so she can murder him. Tailing him every single day, mm-hmm. watching him sweep the, the prison crypt and yes. leave flowers on a grave in there, watching him make taxidermy creatures in the <laughs> workshop. The man's got hobbies. The prison workshop has the materials needed to do taxidermy on animals? Maybe they eventually got that gator that everyone believes killed a bunch of people in the Foo Fighters episode. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. He called dibs. What? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, there, she is, continues to follow him and he's like talking to another lady inmate who has, uh, the tallest hair quaff in the, on her bangs. I don't know how (laughs) she's making it go up that high. Oh no, it it actually is. It's a, it's a front ponytail that somehow sticks straight up. Hairspray is not a contraband in this prison. It's fine. You can go nuts with that shit. Jolene and FF find Hermes and bring her... Uh, some snacks or whatever, uh, some bread, and like they're just like, hey, what's up? But really, they're there to just butt in because friends help friends tail dudes. Mm-hmm. And Jolene deduces that this is all part of a long, long plan. Ermis meant to get arrested and sentenced to get a shot at this guy on the inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also, I think, it's Jolene who refers to Sparts Maximum as a big D gangster. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe. We don't uh. know. We don't know what Sports Maximum's got. He's just I mean, if it was sports. exclamation points, I would think he might be overcompensating. So, you know, maybe. Maybe <laughs> there's something to this. Yeah. But yeah, Jolene theorizes that Ermis purposefully wanted to get into prison to have a, a way, a shot at killing Sports Maximum here. And Ermis just takes a bite of the bread and just says, hey, it's none of your business. And she just leaves. Like, she mm-hmm. wants to do this. She wants to get revenge entirely on her own. Time for a more flashbacks to a oh, completely yeah. different flashback time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so, Hermes uh, uh, was raised, essentially, by her notably older sister, Gloria, when their mother died. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she became, like, a surrogate mother. Dad's still in the picture. We're going to meet Dad in a bit, so they aren't orphaned, but... Yeah. Uh, Ermis is the motherly figure of the Costello family. Uh, until uh, Ermis grew up a bit more and decided to run out and want nothing to do with the family restaurant. She's going to go to college on a track and field scholarship, make, some, th- make something of herself and leave this place behind. She runs past big kiss graffiti on the wall. <laughs> yes. Ooh. Mm. Hmm. I'm guessing this is a Mexican restaurant, since Hermes herself is Mexican-American, I guess, but mm. also the, uh, uh, like, papel picado along the ceiling. Oh, yes. Because you never see any of the actual food to judge from. Mm-hmm. And also, the restaurant's name is Restaurant. <laughs> I'm, I'm grasping at the most likely straws, not that it matters. Yeah. 
It's a cozy looking restaurant, though. It's like yes, one of those really yes. small places that looks just kind of warm inside. They uh, serve soup. Like the only mm. thing we see being served is a soup dish. Soup. <laughs> but yeah, Ermis and Gloria have this little argument about what you know Ermis wants to do, and she just leaves through the back. And mm-hmm, Gloria mm-hmm. runs out and, and chases after her uh, to try and convince her to stay. And so they're running through like the back alleys. And this is when, yeah, Gloria accidentally stumbles upon further down the alley, Sports Maximum and a bunch of other gangsters. Improvising a curb stomping the, without the curb. Yeah. They, yeah. They've got a chunk of wood that they're going to put in the guy's m- mouth. Uh-huh. You know, just bite down on that. Okay, okay. And then, yeah, just kind of stomp on his head. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Gloria's no fool. Gloria's a good girl. She doesn't squeal. She doesn't snitch. Mm-hmm. So she should be fine. Le- leave the underground to the underground, right? But not only does Sports Maximum see Gloria, but Sports Maximum also sees Hermes who is running away, mm-hmm. and who knows what that would mean. And Gloria sees Sports Maximum see Hermes, so now things have gotten a little more complicated. So she felt compelled to report the crime to the police so that uh, uh, Sports Max would get picked up and not be out on the streets to track down Hermes. Yeah. So that's why Gloria's dead. <laughs> yeah, Sports Maxim, by the way, sentenced five years for tax evasion and grievous bodily injury. And so, like, yeah, we, we see uh, a scene in the court of that sentence being passed down, and Ermis freaks out. She's had no idea that that was the charge, as if, like, that's something that gets sprung on you at the end of a trial. Yeah. It's not a spoiler. You would know yeah. like, from the jump that he was not being tried for murder. Yeah, Hermes in this flashback, like getting held back by uh, cops, just like screaming, just like, hey, fuck you, you piece of shit. (laughs) Five Mm -hmm, years mm -hmm. isn't enough for you and all that. She threatens the coroner at one point. Yep. And so back in present times, we've got Sports Maximum walking down uh, this hallway. And as he continues walking, he sees a Polaroid of Gloria stuck to a pipe on the wall. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As he picks that up and we we see a brief flashback of Hermes seeing like the cops with Gloria's retrieved body like in, in a boat. Hermes just says like, hey, you remember that lady asshole? And then the pipe and another pipe just smash right, together right. and clonk him over the head. And now he's uh, trapped like inside the pipe. Yes, yes. And, and just before... Our mid-episode title card, just before our break, Hermes just very coldly says, nobody will hear your screams but me. Yeah. It is time for just straight-up premeditated murder. hmm And so that title card comes. It is Kiss. Welcome back, you mm-hmm. hideous design of a stand. <laughs> Disgusting. I don't... I love the power. I don't like the design. I just don't. Looking at Kiss is like looking inside a kaleidoscope. Like, there's just so fucking much going on. But I'd rather look at Kiss than look at or listen to Kiss. So it's got that going That's for That's it. true. It's still better than that. So Sports Max is being crushed inside the big pipe. Big, big pipe. Mm-hmm. 
all this time when we're learning about Hermes's like past and motivation, it's very fragmented. We're we're jumping all over between the present and several points in the past. Mm-hmm. Something new we learn here is that Gloria's death led their their father into depression and and illness that followed. Uh, and so she is basically avenging her entire family. I'm sure in her mind, Sports Max is somehow responsible for her mother's death as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know what? He might actually be. I wouldn't put him past him. This is a bad man. It's a bad guy, yeah. The whole time this pipe is like fusing more and more back into its original shape and crushing Sports Maximum. Mm-hmm, He's mm-hmm. just begging over and over to be let out of the pipe. <laughs> Uh, she she tells him to to shut up. Quote that sphincter you call a mouth. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of love lost between these two. Uh, to to be sure, turns out that pipe wasn't doubled; it was tripled. So she destroys another sticker, and another pipe slams in, crushing mm-hmm. him further and sealing the tiny crack that that like he was breathing through and trying to like squeeze his fingers between. He's totally hundred percent sealed in there, airtight. Yep. Which is when Hermes opens the the valve alongside the wall and reveals what we all probably suspected. This is a sewage pipe. He's in the poop hole. Mm -hmm. He's going to drown in the poop. He's going to drown in the poop. But as she turns that on, we start hearing Sports Maximum muttering something from the pipe, which is, those resurrecting from darkness, limp biscuit, rise and come with me. (sighs) You want to talk about... Sphincter as you call a mouth. This is chocolate starfish era limp biscuit. Mm-hmm. Which localized is just limp biscuit. <laughs> I don't know what a biscuit is. I don't know what a biscuit is. All I, I can did, think. Did you misspell Vicont? What are you talking about? All I can think is that V is right next to B on the keyboard. <laughs> uh huh. Some somebody hadn't come up with the pun name yet, and they just sort of like fat fingered it, and were like, you know what? It's five o'clock somewhere. Uh, that's a day, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, limp biscuit, limp biscuit, limp biscuit. Yeah, this. They were on top of the world. They like mm-hmm. chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water had just come out a few months before this went to publication. Their their best selling album. <laughs> Even though pretty much every song you remember from Limp Biscuit was on uh, the previous one. Mm. That's just the way it goes sometimes. <laughs> They're still... They, they got back together. They put out an album a oh, year ago. They? Or two years ago now, I guess. Oh, my God. 2021. I just remembering listening to a lot of Limp Biscuit, Not because I wanted to, but it's because what my friend liked to blast very loudly while we played Halo co-op together. <laughs> That's the perfect venue to blast it, Limp Bizkit. It's basically the only time I've ever willingly listened to Limp Bizkit. So if you <laughs> ask me... seems like a perfect match, actually. Yeah, it's, it was... I mean, it's certainly a fond memory of playing that in his room for like a whole summer. But it's the only context I would ever do that again, I think. Ever listen to Limp Bizkit. So so now we get the, the tension-building part of a stand fight, uh, because Aramis is not yet... Uh, uh, aware she's in one uh so there's just a lot of little things like there's a pool of blood somewhere that tiny invisible footprints appear in there's fluttering noises there is suddenly a finger torn off of hermes costello's hand Mm -hmm. and a lot of tiny like puncture wounds begin to appear on her body on her face it's coming for her eyes oh no oh no (sighs) 
which is when Kiss punches through her torso. <laughs> uh-huh. Not not puncturing it, as we've seen, but just, like, using ghost phasing abilities. Yeah. To, to punch through the user and into the target, saving her eyeball. Mm-hmm. And then they tandem Chun-Li kick side by side. Yes. That that shot's pretty cool. <laughs> and do a mirrored punch rush against this invisible assailant. It seems like okay, we we whatever was attacking Hermes seems to be gone. They nailed it pretty good. And then uh oh, wait, no. Uh a vein or the jugular on mm-hmm. the side of her neck is suddenly mm-hmm. getting torn out of her neck. Oh boy, oh boy. Like part 1 style except not censored like part 1. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, because that was so effective. I just draw it <laughs> flat black. Yep, yep. <laughs> they won't be able to tell what it clearly is. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah. The the vein is just going side to side real fast, like an animal's <laughs> trying to tear it out. And yeah, it's almost like an animal's trying to tear it out. Oh mm-hmm. wow, weird. And oh. so she slaps a sticker on her own vest to get a spare vest. <laughs> yeah. And uses that to wrap around this invisible bird-like stand mm-hmm. in order to, to, like, nail it to the wall for better punching. Yeah. Which is very effective. Uh, it, it Kiss works. punches the shit out of this thing. And we, the viewer, notice that the taxidermy bird sports Maximum made in his, like, independent study hour. <laughs> Is broken to pieces as as this ghost is destroyed. Yeah. Whew. Cool. Phew. Aramis takes a moment to breathe and harass Sportsmax inside <laughs> the pipe. Just asking, like, hey, are you still there? Are you up to your eyeballs and shit? Did you swallow a bunch of shit? I hope you're eating shit right now, shit master. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just kicking the, the pipe a bunch. And that's when she notices the table that the taxidermied like crow was on uh parts of her body are always coming out of her body what is going on here yeah stop it stop it yeah the table has been smashed up too and there was like a there's like a weird little keychain on the ground it's like a little bear in a race car on a (laughs) keychain and she just sees it slowly getting dragged around the side of the table and like hey what's what's dragging that what the fuck and then, and then suddenly it gets eaten. Ah, uh-huh. it's chomped to shit. Ah, and yeah, she's just thinking, "Oh fuck, does this mean Sports Maximum is still alive? Uh, that fucker is somehow still alive in the pipe, sending evil ghost animals at me." And so now mm-hmm. we've got a ghost gator. Yes, yes. And so they have a foot race, the fastest an alligator can go on land. <laughs> is 20 miles per hour mm-hmm. which is much faster than one would think that is pretty fast yeah i yeah that's scary now as a track star Hermes's top speed depends on her race honestly i don't yeah, know yeah if she was a sprinter i would guess probably like 25 mm-hmm. miles per hour maybe she did like the the four mile i don't know yeah and it's also, you know, like, she's gotten her face pecked multiple times. She's missing a finger. That might affect your running speed just from the shock of that. But but in any case, we can't really see how it goes because uh, the, the 
the, the overland portion of this race is pretty short. As mm-hmm. as the uh, alligator is about to chomp on Aramis, she jumps up, grabs an overhead pipe. Very, very pipey, this hallway. Very yeah. pipe-filled. Lots of pipes. And so she she uh, evades its its invisible bite. And so it starts just thrashing around, trying to burst open the pipe in which Sports Maximum is trapped. And this is when Jolene and FF show up going like, hey, mm-hmm. what's the problem here? Oh, fuck, there's a ghost gator and it bites FF's left leg clean off. Clean off, throws it across the room and Jolene asks, is this a stand attack? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a normal invisible alligator. <laughs> Yeah, we, we see Hermes's leg just like, or not Hermes, uh, FF's leg uh, float across the room as it continues to get chomped and chewed up in the gator's mouth. So Stone Free comes out with a great big punch, not toward the last known position of this invisible gator, but no, uh, Foo Fighters' severed leg in order to shower the hallway with the remaining blood inside it. Mm-hmm. Why does their leg have blood inside it? <laughs> she drank a bunch of food coloring. I guess, uh, but but the the uh, intended effect does take place. Uh, we can see this uh, a hollow man ass gator yeah. by the blood it is covered in. I love the visuals of the invisible gator covered in blood. <laughs> it's cool as shit. That is the cliffhanger with a, a big old blood gator about to chomp down on Jolene's face. Why wasn't the story arc called Big Old Blood Gator? <laughs> big old blood gator. So that brings us to episode 14, Big Old Blood Gator Part 2. Uh, <laughs> like, you can tell from the beginning that there's going to be a lot of shit happening because the pre-OP recap includes everything about the Heaven Book, Jolene's disc recovery mission, is. What's up with Sports Max and, of course, the the current status of the fight that we will rejoin after the, the like, OPV2. Mm-hmm. And now, yes, paint that gator again right back in it. So Jolene gets punched into a wall by an alligator. <laughs> yeah. And makes a string web like her, her stepdad, Kakyoin, in yes. order to, to find <laughs> the motions of this invisible assailant. Mm-hmm. Uh, if only Kakyoin were still around. I never tried to break up my best friend's marriage, but now that she's a mom, <laughs> that's how it would go. As soon as Jolene yeah. is born, uh, uh, Kakyoin and Jotaro have a huge falling out Yep, yep. over the mysterious mama. <laughs> I gotta know more about the mama. I need to know it's, more. Who is she? Who is the mama? Who? Why would As anyone... Why would anyone date Jotaro, let alone have a child with him? <laughs> what did you like about him? <laughs> what did he like about you? <laughs> wow, I really admire your big collection of mounted starfish. What a hunk. <laughs> Was she wearing a puka shell necklace? And he's like, ah, those come from the ocean. Oh, yes. wait, there is one reason I can think of. Wow, I like that your dad... Is uh, or your grandfather is a real estate mogul with lots of money. <laughs> there we go. Oh, you're set to inherit at least one third of this international portfolio. You don't say. <laughs> <laughs> 
And that's when we get a whole separate arc where the villain is secretly Jotaro's wife. Does trying... Jolene know she's fucking loaded? <laughs> I don't know. She doesn't act like it. <laughs> Josuke's going to get a third of that shit, too. <laughs> God, just I, I need to see. I need to see the future story where Josuke gets the world's biggest inheritance and has lost it in two weeks. Yes. God. <laughs> He would gamble. He would gamble that shit. <laughs> he would be so bad at it. He would buy a bunch of bullshit he doesn't need. He'd buy Okuyasu a race car bed. Yes, yes. <laughs> he would get, he'd, he'd get them both matching race car beds. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. like one's red, one's blue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so Jolene with this, this whole like web out. Uh, is telling Hermes, like, hey, this isn't just your problem anymore because Sports Maximum has a stand. He's ha- He has something to do with my dad's memory disc and Poochie and all that shit. Yeah, yeah. Anybody in here with a stand has got to be part of Whitesnake's plan. Like, this, your, your mission and my mission are the same mission. This whole fight, like, as far as, like our hero side goes is a big argument over jurisdiction. <laughs> yeah. Like who has the right to kick this guy's ass. Mm-hmm. And Hermes is just saying, okay, our only goal is to just get the fuck out of the hallway with the ghost skater because that dude is already in that pipe and he's going to drown in poop. There's he's like, we don't in the process of drowning. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. And then, Oh, ah, shit. Uh, Jolene got huge chunk bitten out of her shoulder tossed around the gator was on the walls somehow (laughs) this ghost gator can walk on walls (laughs) so it avoided it avoided the the warning web completely oh no Mm -hmm. so yeah now is when they really have just an open argument everyone all three of them are shouting about who gets to take the lead in this fight but they're all fucked up like none of you are really demonstrating you have mastery over the situation (laughs) yeah how about we just focus on not dying and whoever does that the best gets to gets to beat up the ghost alligator how about that (laughs) yeah and ff has an idea like hey that gator just ate my leg Bet my leg is still inside its stomach right now. She's just, like, sticking her arm out. As as bait, because apparently they are very tasty. Yeah, and the gator, like, you see big puncture wounds on her arm that she's sticking out. And she's like, okay, I've confirmed my hand is in its mouth. And she turns <laughs> her index finger, which we've seen her do this, but not with these visuals yet, except for the OP, Pointed out, she makes finger gun a finger gun with this this arm, but the actual like index finger pointed out gets like a gun slide. Yes, on it. Yes, <laughs> and her thumb has like a hammer on it for pulling back, and so <laughs> she just blasts the inside of this gator's mouth a bunch, you know, mm-hmm, with, with mm-hmm. her her plankton bullets, and we see the taxidermied gator just like vibrating and and exploding, and there you go, the gator's dead. Hooray, hooray. Thumbs up all around. You did it. Just a round of applause. So so Foo Fighters gets put back together like a big old meat puzzle. Mm-hmm. And they in turn cock up the holes on, on Hermes. They, they who, glue her finger back on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Hermes provides them with a big bucket to drink to like replenish their goo. <laughs> yeah. 
Love a big bucket. Can't get enough of a big old bucket. When you think about it, it's just an extra big cup. It's like even bigger than a big gulp. And so someone asks, was that actually an alligator ghost? And Ermis responds, I don't think so. It's too insane. <laughs> no, I think By what was... metric? I'm pretty sure that was an alligator ghost. Where is the line? <laughs> yeah, as they're like assessing the damage and everything has happened, they look at the pipe and the pipe has been opened up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and we see like black handprint stains like on the pipe leading out of it. So somehow he made it out when no one was paying attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the counterpoint to to an alligator ghost that is much more sensible is that it is an invisible zombie. <laughs> <laughs> ah, there we go. Uh, but we cut over to Sports Maximum, who is. Covered in what looks like just water and not mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. not shit, uh, but he's leaning up against the wall, just saying, "Man, my throat feels real nasty and sticky. I gotta gargle this shit out." Mm-hmm, what was I doing mm-hmm. before? What was I? Where was I going? Oh yeah, the chapel to make an invisible zombie Dio. Hmm. Would Dio have an advantage if invisible? You could not see Dio. But he still would not shut up because he is Dio. You would yeah. always be able to locate Invisible Dio. I think Invisible Dio would just put clothes on and then he would be partially <laughs> visible and that's good enough. I don't think mm-hmm. he wants to be invisible. We know from future scenes mm-hmm. that the invisible zombies are clothed or at least perceive themselves as clothed while still maintaining mm-hmm. invisibility. That's true. I don't know then. But anyway, Sports Maximum yep. is wandering around the prison, trying to like shake off that, that fight he barely survived, uh, sees a lady, forgets her name, and then is like, well, I'll just call her a bitch then. Okay, that seems fine. Yeah. How about ma'am? Huh? Huh? Mm-hmm. He's being an asshole. He, he tries to bribe a guard, you know, to get to where he's going. Mm-hmm. Guard doesn't acknowledge him at all, so he just throws the money on on the table. Table, and yeah, the he he's saying all this shit to this lady. She's not acknowledging him until he puts his arm around her, because like she's not just any lady; she's a sex worker in the middle of the in the prison. And he's mm-hmm. like, okay, I got cash and time, uh, and so he puts his arm around her, trying to like negotiate a a, a deal, and she does not even recognize him then. She thinks she's being groped by the dude uh, next to her who's silent, and so she kicks his lights out. Mm-hmm. Sports Maximum goes, huh? Did that guy really just try to touch you? I'm going to kick the shit out of him, too. And this lady <laughs> just sees the guy get kicked in the gut by nothing and just levitate into the air from the force of the kick. He's taken a real long time to recognize that he is dead and a zombie that he made via his stand limp biscuit. Yeah. And this lady isn't helping by not mentioning the invisible forces acting on the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, she's just following this guy now because he's unconscious, but moving across the floor and she's just, just like, huh? And, like, everything she, she says is just the right amount of non-specific that he can continue in his ignorance. We're having a comedy of miscommunication via prison violence. Yeah, because he's, he's dragging this knocked-out guy into the crypt, patting this guy down, 
notices like, oh, he's got a bunch of cash tucked under his sleeve. And yeah, she <laughs> she's just seeing money levitate out of the, out of this guy's sleeve and talking to him as if he's still conscious. So Sportsmax thinks she's talking to him and but it's oh boy, we oh boy. we have a laugh here uh in, in in the aquarium. Takes his pants off and now he's like on his back with his legs straight up in the air. And I guess that the capstone to the comedy bit is when the lady sees this this weird contortionism and is like, wow, you're into weirder shit than me. I'm calling this off and leaving. <laughs> yeah. You know, Sports Maximum is still searching this guy and finds a like little black case that's got uh, a syringe inside mm-hmm. and some vials. And he's just like, oh, shit. Hell yeah. Drugs? Oh, goody. I love a drugs. I'm going to do drugs right now. And so he takes this <laughs> and he he injects himself with whatever this drug is. Alvin and the chipmunks pop out and tell him it's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's uh, uh, what was that cartoon special? Cartoon, cartoon All-Stars, All-Stars to the rescue. Yeah. Garfield's there. Dude, we watched that when I was in like third grade, and I was uh, a very big, for some reason, Garfield fan at that point. And mm-hmm, the whole mm-hmm. time, I was just like, "Fucking dudes, Garfield's here! He's Guys. gonna save us from drugs." <laughs> <laughs> there, there was an opening five minute speech by a uh, fucking uh, one of the bushes or something. Guys, Garfield. <laughs> no one gave a shit. <laughs> I was the only person who cared about Garfield. Uh, the Ninja Turtles were there, yeah, and you're the talking about Garfield? Dude, I had weird... I I did not give a fuck about the Ninja Turtles. I gave a fuck <laughs> about Garfield. <laughs> I collected Garfield stuff as a child. I went to antique stores and saw Garfield and bought it. <laughs> that was weird. Uh, so, so, yeah, this dude is... It's drug time. Drug o'clock. Drug Let's time. go. Uh, he, he shoots up uh, this stolen heroin... And it pushes out of holes in his arm and then, quote, every orifice of his face. Yep. This, like, cloudy gray uh, uh, sludge that Mm -hmm. is the raw sewage. He's got poop arm. He's got poop eyes, nose, ears, and mouth. It's all coming out. Yep. And this is what uh, convinces him, oh, I drowned in sewage. I'm a dead zombie man. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, the woman that's here just sees raw sewage spilling out of nothing midair, and she goes, what the fuck? And she runs to leave, and this is when Sports Maximum, now full zombie mode, grabs her... Wait a minute. I'm supposed to eat people's brains! Wait, yeah! Why? Yeah, that's the feeling in the back of my throat. So he bites her scalp off. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. And after enjoying a snack of some brain... Uh, this clears his head enough to remember dying mm-hmm. and naturally to blame Hermes Costello. Yeah. Uh, and so we we see Sports Maximum partially visible only because he's coated it in blood that is spurting out of this woman he's he's munching on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, again, I love the look of a big spooky invisible guy partially visible just with blood. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and this is when Jolene and Hermes... Uh, running down the hallways looking for this guy, also arrive in the crypt and spot, hey, a woman is dead and her brain has been chewed on. 
And so, of course, Hermes continues her her uh, fixation, I guess, on demanding that uh, Jolene go go away, leave this to her. She, can, I, I can handle it myself. Mm-hmm. But a gate closes, keeping them both together in this crypt. Yeah, and so Jolene immediately dispatches like the the web again, the web of string to detect. But in three dimensions and keeping themselves in the center of the room because yeah. we're, we're learning. And so one string vibrates. Aha, there he is. She, uh, Jolene just goes in for a big kick just by herself, not her stand. Uh, big roundhouse kick and like breaks the arm of Sports Maximum here. But he's a zombie. He doesn't really care about that. And so mm-hmm, even with mm-hmm. the broken arm. There's still strength enough to yeah. to just grab her by the ankle, twist it, and dangle her in midair. Yeah. Jolene, though, does some cool-ass shit here with her strings. Yeah. She shoots out more strings to just cover uh, uh, this invisible zombie man uh, and turn him into a Smash Brothers wireframe. Yes. And it looks so cool. Yeah. And so as she's punching this, like, yeah, this wireframe silhouette... Hermes goes, hey, actually, something bad's really happening. I just noticed while you're punching that silhouette, that dead woman's corpse is twitching and, like, spurting blood. Uh, I think this is a decoy and not sports maximum. But before Jolene can do much of anything, she gets punched by the actual sports maximum. We get a Limp Biscuit title card. I I don't think it fits into his taste. <laughs> why is why is Limp Biscuit here? I don't know. Maybe he had a phase. I don't know. I, I guess. I guess. Uh, so back in the action, Kiss is just attacking blindly in every direction. Uh, the best defense is a good offense, after all. And oh my god, stop arguing about who has the right to punch this guy. Just, just, just do it. Just do the punching and figure it out later. Mm-hmm. Jolene deploys the web again, and this is when they realize... Hey, it's not just a zombie goes to that lady in Sports Max when we're fighting. We're in a fucking crypt. There's yes. a bunch of, there's a there's a zombie army in here. There's uh, there's a whole horde happening in here. So who knows how many zombie ghosts are just <laughs> approaching now. Uh, so Jolene proposes a tactical retreat. Mm-hmm. Uh, she sends out a long, long string to carry a message to Foo Fighters wherever they are in here. But Hermes no, no, no. Now is the time to do or die. Hermes steps forward. Uh, revenge is what she wants, and she will not be stopped. Mm-hmm. And she knows that Sports Maximum also wants revenge on her and will feel the same way. So he will not let any of his stands zombies attack her directly. He has to be the one to land the killing blow. So she's going to draw him out. Yeah. But Sports Max, at least, is the one person here who believes in teamwork today uh, because <laughs> she is hoisted, hoisted by a whole team of zombie mouths biting into all of her limbs to lift her up. Yeah, she's just like getting torn to shit. And this is when, you know, after already getting bitten by a whole bunch of different zombie ghosts, Sports Maximum takes a big chomp out of her skull from behind. But wait, that's not her skull. At least not her only skull. Yeah, she... she that's put... a spare skull. <laughs> so yes, he he is biting onto the, the spare skull she has made with Kiss. 
And so Kiss d delivers a, a devastating punch just below the bite, where one might expect, you know, the, the biter's sternum to be. Mm -hmm. But it's not there, because he's a zombie. He's, like, holding out his own head, like, Headless Horseman style. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Kiss's punch just, she whiffs it. Total whiff. His revenge drive is just as eternal as hers, and he's undead, so eternal really means something in this case. He's going to, to just fuck her up forever. Mm -hmm. Or is he? Because we learn a new sticker rule. I guess it's not a new rule, but it's a, a new example of, of what stickers could do before. All parts refuse together, even if something that had been duplicated gets broken apart, all of mm -hmm. its constituent pieces come back together. Yeah. Which means the chunk of Hermes's second cranium that is inside the zombie guts of Limp Biscuit Sports Maximum. Mm -hmm. I think I just activated a sleeper cell from the Cold War. <laughs> it is immediately shot out through uh, uh, its zombie guts into her, her recombined ringing head, uh, which does like identify center mass of the zombie chest. <laughs> yes. So Ermis kicks through his ghost face. She is a ghost face killer. Whoa. And this was, yeah, this was the trap that Ermis had laid out all along Jojo's trick mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. because she's not the one that, that pulled the sticker off. It was sports maximum going like, aha, you know, I got you just where I wanted. I know how your sticker works now. Uh, and he pulls the sticker off her head just to cause damage to both of her heads just slamming back together. Yeah, she's got to have a real splitting headache or, or recombining headache in this mm -hmm. case. But that's not the only sticker in play. That's not the only duplicate head in play. So what Hermes has set up. Mm -hmm. So when things recombine, they actually move with physical force. And yeah. another force can be applied to redivert them. But there is a compulsion to bring it right back until they finally fuse. Mm -hmm. What that means is with proper like timing and, and precision by giving sports maximums, invisible zombie body, two heads and tearing the sticker to recombine them. She has made a mystical paddle ball out of those heads. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so she's just holding onto his duplicate head pulling off the sticker he zips to her she punches him in the face so hard he goes flying backwards she puts another sticker on the head pulls it off zips him back and she just does this over and over and over again and every time there is another flashback to, to her past and her family and her tragedy and and everything that is wound up in this fight for Hermes Costello mm -hmm. it's fucked up it's fucked up mm -hmm. so eventually eventually the heads are allowed to fuse, and the force ejects the discs and vaporizes all of the zombie ghosts in the crypt yes. in beams of shining sunlight. Yes. And from those beams descend the ghost of Gloria Costello, who gives her little sister a big hug. Mm -hmm. And once she dissipates, this is when you know, Ermes turns around, looks at Jolene and says, hey, I was finally able to cry with tears, you know, running down her face. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's good. It's, it's good. It's that, it's that thing where uh, every once in a while we remember that these are, are characters with like big melodrama potential and not just big, big punching potential. Mm -hmm. If you give your heart to it, it'll, it'll do something for you. Yeah. 
it's it's satisfying the, the her getting revenge in this episode. It's good. It's it's really reminiscent of uh, Polnareff and yes. his similar uh, uh, grief. Mm-hmm. In that, a lot of the things that really underline it are anime original. How about that? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Foo Fighters finally does arrive, mm-hmm. and we're being very very trusting that uh, their body goop has any medicinal properties to speak of. <laughs> Just yeah. really taking their word for it. I get like you could be doing this with super glue for all I know. Yeah, it's seems about the same. But once again, there's a post credit scene, and you don't have to wait nine months to find out what happens after it. Yay! This all of this uh, uh, activity triggers yet another abnormality alert. Mm-hmm. And this is a, a post credit scene to just close the loop, right? We we get Jolene's arrest and the bug bread, and she really chomps the hell out of that when she decides oh, yeah. to eat it. Damn, there's, there's rage behind that chomp. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's the end of the end, which brings us to episode fifteen, ultra security house unit. Uh huh. My favorite electronica act. <laughs> so we start off with uh, earlier before mm-hmm. the sports maximum fight. There is more to the conversation between uh, White Snake and Sports Maximum. You know, just in case you might have missed that post-credit scene, mm-hmm. <laughs> we get the extended cut here. So White Snake is speaking about, you know, much akin to how the ratio of water to land is seven parts oh to three. Oh my god! <laughs> the souls of living things have a perfect set amount. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Okay, it's it's apparently key. To maintain the balance of things. Okay, sure. As the population of Earth increases, it wouldn't be a mistake to assume in accordance with that rising number, the same amount of living creatures are in decline. What? Hmm? The number of souls that exist in full is a fixed constant. Hmm? Okay. So what's declining? What? Animals? So... Because of the fixed number of souls, the population growth is what's causing extinctions? Maybe. Is that what he's saying? Is that what he's saying? But anyways, Whitesick drops that and then goes, wouldn't it be cool if a single person (laughs) could have lots of souls in them? Or like, even more than that, like a a whole lot. What type of power would they have? (laughs) And Sports Max is just like, I don't fucking know what you're saying, bro. <laughs> I, I guess know. it would be cool. I, I guess. <laughs> you're my boss. I guess it sounds cool. If you say it's cool, it's cool. I, I love the idea of a high white snake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just rewrite all of his lines to have the same meaning, but instead of like these uh, very like measured pronouncements, it's just like... <laughs> But dude, though. (laughs) Sports Maximum, I have my best friend's butt bone. Can you make his butt bone turn into a zombie ghost of my best friend? (laughs) But yeah, that's what White Snake wants Sports Maximum to do. (laughs) Hey, you can make zombie ghosts out of stuff. Can you take this bone of Dio that I have and make a zombie ghost out of it? Yeah, it's Dio's last remaining bone. He says, he says Mm -hmm. that all the rest of Dio's remains were vaporized and turned to dust in the sunlight, which means Mm -hmm. unless this is a bone from the neck up, that's a Jonathan bone. That's a Jonathan bone. It's a Jonathan bone you got there. Like, 
you're going to resurrect Jonathan Joestar by accident, and you're going to have the beefiest zombie ghost He's ever going made. to see a car and die. <laughs> he won't understand. Yeah. <laughs> John- Jonathan Joestar is the Victorian child everyone's been talking about. <laughs> yeah. You're going to show him just how many rude children your family <laughs> has born in the future, and he's gonna just going to be like, no, and die no. from that. Like, <laughs> I don't know what Jolene's table manners are, but I can bet, I, like, yeah. from the way she ate that bug bread, that Jonathan's not going to be pleased. He's going to see how slim and svelte all the men are in, in modern day society, and he's going to hate that too. But, on the other hand, we live in the age of creatine powder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Perhaps he will flourish. (laughs) He'll get even bigger, yeah. (laughs) He'll be the healthiest boy ever. Synthol Joestar. (laughs) That's the way to attain heaven. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, but when, when Whitesnake gives this, like, request... He's so up in Sports Maximum's face. Oh my god. He's, he's basically giving him like butterfly kisses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if White Snake <laughs> had eyelashes, yeah, he'd be getting that right now. And uh Sports Max is like, "What do you mean? I already did it. I I put like glowy energy in this bone." And wait, wait a minute. White Snake, there's a chunk missing out of your hand. There's blood squirting out of this unknown person behind a pillar that I'm not noticing. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? And it's like, hey, what the fuck happened to the bone? You better no one sp- knows what happened to the bone. <laughs> you better start talking, Sports Max, but where'd my best friend's butt bone go? Hey, <laughs> I only had one of those. <laughs> He's only got one butt. And Sports Max is just like, I don't fucking know what happened to the bone. I can kind of sense it. I think it's moving around on its own. It's too strong to be controlled. And Whitesnake says, basically, eh, let's see how this plays out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, good. The butt bone is moving of its own accord. What's the Maybe worst that's that can good. happen? I'll just let it run around like a little feral animal and see what it does. <laughs> you know, kids this age, they, they need to really wear themselves out. Yeah, yeah. But all of this, all of this isn't merely a flashback. It is memory CD playback in yep. Emporio's head. Yeah. Because Foo Fighters is on a mission to protect Jolene. Ever since Jolene got herself accused of another murder on the inside, mm-hmm. in order to go to the last known location of that bone, that's like, I guess she checked out that disc real quick, right? Yeah. To learn that, oh, the bone is in the place where they send people who really fuck up in here? I better claim responsibility for this dead lady. Mm-hmm. Hermes, lay down in that puddle of blood. You, you, <laughs> you don't gotta take the heat for this. I do. Yeah, yeah. And Emporio's just like, you, I really wish I could help. But she's in mm-hmm. the, the, the discipline cell. She's in, quote, the mm-hmm. isolated strict discipline cell in the maximum security disciplinary wing. <laughs> This is why prison movies just call it The Hole or something. Just say The Hole. (laughs) How do you say in the straight face the isolated strict discipline cell in the maximum security disciplinary wing? (laughs) And also, why don't you make that the title of the episode? (laughs) Yeah, right. The, The place she's in, which I would now just call The Hole, 
is yeah it's just far away from everything else it's really hard mm-hmm. to get in even with emporio's you know like ghost room abilities emporio's never been there he knows all yeah. about it despite having never been there and weather report is still really fucked up <laughs> yeah he's still in in the hospital wing getting healed up and ff is just like i i don't need you to help i just need to find a way to to get in there hey mm-hmm, mm-hmm very feminine pink-haired man who has been in the background in this this ghost room a bunch and has done nothing. Can you fucking help me? <laughs> and Emporio's like, don't ask him. Anastasia's not worth it. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Okay. What name do you know this man by? <laughs> Anasui. Right? Yeah. 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 Okay. His His name, as we will learn, is Narciso... Anastasia, as as said in the dub out loud. Mm-hmm. But originally, Narciso Anasui. He's named for Narciso Rodriguez, who designed uh, Carolyn Bissett's wedding dress when she married JFK Jr. Mm-hmm. And Anna Sui, first name, last name, a designer from Detroit who shares my birthday. Oh. I was also born in Detroit and share that birthday. How about hey. that? You were born in 1964? You're 58? <laughs> Yeah, I, I was not expecting them to change Anasui's name. So when they said Anastasia, I was just like, fucking what? Much like some other characters, like, if I was, if someone was named after me, I would hope it's not this guy. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I kind of get it, but it is very strange. Like, mm-hmm. Helmut Lang and Wrangler jeans are okay. I'm so used to the changes just being the music things, right? Yeah, And yeah. the musicians. We've never had a, a designer namesake changed so much. Yeah, yeah. At least they don't sweat it for food, I guess. <laughs> Part five, perfectly safe. Mm-hmm. The Chocolate Council is real upset with what uh, happened here. We got we got to <laughs> rename this guy. Are we gonna? We should just call him Anasui. Let's right? just call him Anasui. Let's yeah. just call him Anasui. It's I like it better than Anastasia, anyways. So what's this? What's this dude look like? Let's talk about him before right. we get to the action. Let's let's do the the uh do do the housekeeping about him. Yeah. So this guy is fairly muscular, pretty pretty cut, and he is wearing. Okay. Yeah. It's going to take a lot to describe this. So, yeah. Okay. Let's start with the, some of the easy things. He uh he's got pink lipstick, pink hair, yeah. long pink hair, like down to his uh almost down to his butt basically long straight waist length yes yeah and he keeps that hair under a very thin flat cap that's yeah slightly or like, angular it it's sort of the shape of like a a flight attendant's hat yeah it's like but if it was really hat. flat and low yeah and it's got little like gold studs along the edges of it and in the very back on the top are two pointy little horns pointy little horns a little sassy Okay, his, every everything else his is his pants weird. situation. Everything else is much harder to describe. Other end. Now so, imagine thigh high boots. Yeah. Except those thigh high boots are also pants because they become fishnet pants. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, between the the thigh and the waist, and beneath that is a white speedo. But his actual hips and thighs are covered by a a skirt that a brown skirt that is wide open in the front to reveal said speedo and the fishnet portion of his fishnet pants. (laughs) Yeah, and then from the waist up, he is covered like waist to the neck. 
covered in like in green fishnet, like body fishnet. Uh, on and then, however, it is not unadorned. One might say. <laughs> oh yeah, he's got little accessories. One like on the center of his skirt, and then kind of randomly placed on his stomach and chest. Shoe soles. Yes, like bright pink shoe soles. Bright pink, like as as if someone's boots were made for walking all over a him. Yeah, <laughs> and and left clothes behind. Uh, and then on his wrists, he's got like purple, like arm warmers up to the elbow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anasui is maybe one of the most high fashion looking motherfuckers in JoJo in a while. I can God. see this being a thing on the runway. <laughs> this is, but it's wild. This is a design that you reserve for your most confident cosplayers. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I cannot imagine running around wearing this thing, especially since, like, your dick is just out and about in this outfit, <laughs> basically. It's running errands. Yeah. It's going... <laughs> Something to mention with Anasui. The first time we see him, you know, is in, in the ghost room, you know, mm-hmm, back mm-hmm. in the first the first third in the manga when he appears there he's actually a woman and then when he reappeared Araki was like I want that to be a guy instead Anasui's English voice was the other editor in the Spoke Rohan the Mutsukabe Hill editor Ah, okay with the big hat Mm -hmm. while Anasui's Japanese voice I'm skipping all of his like anime and other like original characters i'm just going to talk about who he dubs for okay because those include elijah wood hein christensen and leonardo dicaprio wow this dude is in high demand and one time ashton kutcher that was huh. uh for dude where's my car uh, so- <laughs> okay so when you look at uh, Anasui here, you should think of Japan's Frodo Baggins and Anakin Skywalker. Oh my god. And also, dude, where's my car? <laughs> That's wild. But but Emporio does not want Foo Fighters to go with this man. Uh, Emporio seems to hate, despise, and fear this man. Why are you letting him into your special house? <laughs> It seems to be implied that Weather Report keeps an eye on this guy and keeps him in check. Uh, he's got hobbies. He's got one particular hobby. He, mm-hmm. He's a bit of a tinkerer. He likes to take stuff apart. He takes apart his toys. He takes apart cars. He took apart a telephone pole one time. And why is he in prison? He took apart some people. Yeah. He, he went to go visit his girlfriend and caught her cheating on him with another guy. And so they died. They were disassembled, as Johnny Five might say. Yeah. Uh, oh boy. Oh boy. It's gruesome. Yeah. Uh, this all makes uh, Foo Fighters very nervous, but they are very desperate. Emporio just loves to info dump about his friends and associates. He does. He loves it. <laughs> Talks about how like this guy has no place for compassion in his heart. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he talks about how he went under uh, a psych evaluation and he's 100% sane. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What better place to have the sane lunatic murderer than on your side, huh? Mm-hmm. huh? And so Foo Fighters thinks to themselves, how do I get this guy on my side? I know. I will try to brutally murder him <laughs> on the spot. Yes. I got to show him how serious I am. 
and blasts this dude in the head. And so they they think to themselves about the best way to like one hit kill this dude where he stands. Mm-hmm. And lays out a plan and enacts it. And wouldn't you know, it works. It doesn't work to kill him. It works to convince him. Yes, your cause is just strange lime cat woman. <laughs> So yeah, he he's just he puts the book away he was reading. It's just like, yep, okay, uh, I'm gonna do that. And like he he wastes no time. He immediately goes to like start his work on this shit. He's just like, oh yeah, there's some shit about like a, a bone or something too. We'll 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 do all of that. We're gonna do all of that. Bye. Uh, <laughs> he just walks out through the little crack in the wall. And Emporio's like, hey, hey, whatever scheme you've got scheming, don't scheme it. And he says there is no scheme. Is there a scheme? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Results inconclusive. For now, no scheme. Anasui's just like, hey, so, I don't know, Jolene seems cool. Uh, I respect her resolve to, you know, mm-hmm, save mm-hmm. her father and all that shit. Yeah, I don't know, it's admirable. Also, I want to marry her. <laughs> I want to keep her alive so I can marry her. And then he's like, do I have your blessing? I have to have someone's blessing before I can marry her. <laughs> Is a, a, apparently the approval of a, a slug monster is what really makes weddings <laughs> official. Florida's weird, man. I don't know. <laughs> Pretty sure Foo Fighters has no idea what a wedding is yet. <laughs> if she's at a wedding, she's going to make a fucking scene. Yeah, yeah. And I would love to see it. I want to watch that I, scene. I, I do want like to watch good that scene. scene. Yeah. Uh, and so this is when Anasui just starts running for it towards a closed, like, high security gate. He's got a plan to get through that gate somehow, and this is when he manifests his stand, Holy Diver. Diver Down, you mean. Oh, Diver Down, excuse me, not Holy yes, Diver. Yes, Diver Down, the uh, Van Halen album. Yeah. Half covers. Th- this is where Van Halen's Pretty Woman cover comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Diver Down, which is localized as Diver Drive. Sure, why Ooh, not? Okay. We get we get a decent enough look at it as it does one thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But this this is a teal uh, uh, stand, humanoid stand, that looks like it's meant to be like a full scuba suit, right? Yeah. Uh, yellow piping running over the limbs and uh, uh, under the pecs and great big Ds all yep. over it. Somewhat embellished Ds. Half, halfway between a normal font and the Detroit Tigers logo, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And those are in a sort of neon pink matching its user's hair. There is a actual scuba tank strapped to the back with uh, hoses going up to beneath the faceplate. This thing's face is a faceplate. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I like its face. Uh, it, so it's got three holes for for eye or six holes for eyes, three on each side. They're stacked mm-hmm. vertically with the center hole being the larger one. And those seem to be like the actual eyes because when you see Diver Down pop uh, pop out and like kick this door, those holes actually squint. <laughs> they, they squint he he scowls and they squint um, so yeah that's that's what the stand does it is summoned to kick a door really hard and it it like its foot like leaves a, a print like half an inch deep into the door which then slowly fades away and the door got kicked so hard that a bunch of guards in riot gear come to check out what's going on with this door and by the time they get there, the kick comes out of the door and kills them. <laughs> yeah. And so Foo Fighters looks at Emporio and is like, ah, delayed action. And Emporio says, yes. Yep. And that's action. a wrap on Anasui for the day. It's, we'll, we'll see Anasui more <laughs> some other time. Yeah. 
I, I am interested to talk more about Diver Diver Down's power because just like the delayed action things, it's like, okay, that's simple. But also this stand power gets a little muddy for me later on because it feels like it's a power based around inherent properties basically all stands already have. So, uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah. Ah, yes, the superpower of precision. Yeah, precision. But but before we, we cut from this scene, it does end on a freeze frame of uh, Anazui and Diver Down wrapped around each other like stripes on a candy cane yep. in a very JoJo pose. Yeah, like we we've seen some some poses from like Giorno where he's pretty wrapped up in his own stand, but this is this is the closest a user and his stand have been. I think they I think they fuck maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's Giacchio. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and so our our mid episode title card comes, and is it Diver Down? No, it's a stand we haven't seen yet, and are just about to be introduced to. <laughs> What? It's called Survivor, whatever that is. Let's find out. So back in flashback times. Yeah. Dio is building a model ship and it appears to be a War Games fan. Because <laughs> yeah, Dio likes to make himself a diorama uh, back in the 80s. Yeah. And also appears to just be crashing at Poochie's place. Like he's in a totally different outfit. They're yep. just hanging. Yeah. So Dio is wearing like kind of the outfit he wears at the end of Stardust Crusaders when he takes his, his jacket off. But this shirt has exposed uh, shoulders. There's just a lot more holes cut into the chest. It looks a lot more like he's about to go to the club. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or even more than he did before. Poochie, I'm planning on fathering an Italian boy. <laughs> uh, and th- this is this is like the first scene we see where Dio is looking more like a part six character. Where he mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. less buff. The muscles are kept in the coat, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so Poochie is just, like, making conversation, as anyone who who uh, uh, loves Dio would. Time to ask about Lore. Hey, Lord Dio, in your opinion, what's the weakest stand? And, like, you know, there's statistics and shit. Yeah, and, D- like, Dio immediately goes like there's no such thing as that it's all about how the powers are applied and then i love this because it feels so almost like fourth wall breaking Mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. but you know like when fans talk about yeah when like children are talking about who's the strongest guy like like in that way and so dia's like okay fine here i go the example he gives is who would win in a fight between stallone and van damme yeah it's Van Damme. That's obvious. There's no discussion here. Yeah. Which one can do the splits? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Dio starts to give Poochie story time to introduce what he thinks is a very bad week stand. So we go back to 1982. Mm-hmm. This is apparently a secondhand story because Dio was still in the ocean in 1982. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there are six hikers who get lost and die in the mountains of France. Mm-hmm. But when they're found... There's evidence not of starvation, but of a struggle, an incredible struggle. They all fought one another to the death. They punched each other until their bones shattered, and someone bit through a rock. (laughs) Yeah. And we see, like, a very quick animated shot of two muscly arms punching each other so hard that they completely collapse in on themselves and like the bones and muscles just shoot out of every (laughs) shoot out every direction see while they were hiking these hikers met some local guy in a cabin and one of them said he was smelly yeah 
And he got so angry about this that see, that he sent electricity at them through wet dirt. <laughs> and the, the, this electrical signal... Okay, this stand makes people really pissed off. Yes. He, it make, <laughs> the way Survivor works is you literally die mad about it. <laughs> yeah. It's just the electrical signal of, like, anger in the brain being transmitted through wet surfaces or something so it can conduct into other people and make them mad as well and they get so mad they punch super hard and kill themselves Mm -hmm. (laughs) survivor of course named for the 80s band i mean speaking of like the rare times they change a not music thing this is one of the rare times they don't change a music thing Mm -hmm. is is frankie sullivan just just down like why why is survivor still survivor yeah I love that there really is just a line where Dio just summarizes the power and he says, just says, all it does is make them mad. <laughs> like, it just <laughs> makes people pissed off. This is the flashback. This is the specific flashback where we find out that Pucci has Whitesnake by the time, mm-hmm. like, he's he's becoming Dio's apprentice. Yeah. Uh, because he's like, hey, um, can I can I have that one? Yeah. Can I Can I take it? Can you burn that for me? <laughs> yeah. Make me a little mixtape? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I might I might want that sometime. And Dio's like, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, you know you know what? The stand sucks because you can't control who you make mad. It's just everyone gets mad. So, I don't know. Maybe it'll be good in one hyper-specific situation. So, yeah, here you go. Go on and take that. Back in the present, Jolene is still struggling to survive inside the isolated strict discipline cell in the maximum security disciplinary <laughs> wing. Yep. Can we put the word discipline in there a third time? I bet if you try. Come yeah, on. Come on. There's a way. And, that, and today, that involves finding a bunch of fungus growing on the side of her cot and deciding, yeah, I'll eat that. Mm-hmm. Yum. And so the prison guards from earlier who dragged her into her cell uh, mm-hmm, show mm-hmm. up. And open this door, and her her cell, by the way, has like no light inside. It's, it's right. very dark in there, and they That's shine. Why the mushrooms like it so much. Yeah, and they shine a bright ass flashlight in there, which makes Jolene like scurry under, like to the side of her bed because it's it's hurting her eyes so much. And then I the was guards going to say like a cockroach until one of the guards says that, so I didn't yep. put it down. <laughs> and the guards laugh about it, and the the I think the Jorno haired one is just like, "Hey, told you she'd scurry under the bed like that. You owe me twenty bucks." Like they're, mm-hmm, they're mm-hmm. just betting on stupid shit. They're big betting men. They're they're even betting on the the Marlins game coming up tomorrow. So so, mm-hmm. our story began in November. That's not the baseball season. If the Marlins are playing again, not only are we in twenty twelve, we're in April at the earliest. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that means? We are in the height of Coney 2012. Oh, no. <laughs> God damn it. No. I had forgotten about Coney 2012, honestly. that That's what he wants. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I yeah. Guess so. And so, yeah, well, it's like, hey, let's bet on the, the Marlins game and all that shit. They also just, uh, they have a fire hose. I, I guess this is the shower they were talking about. Yeah, yeah. They just start blasting Jolene with the fire hose. And I guess they've been blasting everyone else with the fire hose, too, because the whole central area of, of this, like, Panopticon thing is just covered in water. And one guy gets the other guy a little wet. 
He's mm-hmm. pretty ticked off about that. Hey. So he just like bops him a little bit. Hey, other guy's like, hey, why are you bopping me? Huh? Huh? And they start shoving. And this little accident starts to become a big, big fight. And there's little electricity flashes going around in the ground, the wet, wet ground between their feet. Ah, Survivor is active. Ah, yeah. ah. Uh, so and these like, guards have names. <laughs> yeah. These guards are named, one is named for Vivian Westwood, who designed the wedding dress featured in the Sex and the City movie. Mm-hmm. And the other is named for uh, uh, Sonia, Sonia Rikiel, the Queen of Knits. Huh. But with all of the, like, transliteration, Rikiel became liquor? Yes, I remember when in, in hearing liquor, and I was just like, fucking, what is this named after? I know it's something, but... Liquor is the guy with the dozens of hair donuts. Yeah, yeah. And he seems to be breaking free of survivor's control. He's de-escalating. He's apologizing. He's smoothing things over until (gasps) turns out he wasn't. He was just calming his compatriot down in order to open him up for a cheap shot to the eye. And blood from Westwood's eye splashes on Jolene's face as she her mouth hangs agape, wondering what the fuck is happening out here. And so, like... One guy, yeah, he he got his eye punched. He got punched so hard, a part portion of his upper lip has been completely torn off, and you just see exposed gum, like mm-hmm, almost up mm-hmm. to his cheek. Like, oh man, the other guy, he punched so hard that two of his fingers are broken, and like the the bones up to like the second knuckle are just sticking straight out of his fingers. And from here on out, the rest of this episode is just guys being dudes, you know? <laughs> yeah. My, I, I love to, to look at my platonic friend uh, and say, I'm getting excited. Every single muscle is a gorgeous work of art. Yeah, you're constantly And then seeing... murder him in a rage. <laughs> yeah, you're constantly seeing freeze frames of these guys fighting each other. And they're seeing, like, x-ray vision of, like, the, their opponent's, uh, like, musculature. And it's not just... Muscular. They get real excited about. They're it. getting really excited about it, and also when you see the musculature like overlaid on top of the person, it's like sparkling and golden and like beautiful looking. These guys love to be strong. Yeah, the raw beauty of battle. So the two of them square off in a standless punch rush. They do the thing. Yes, they're they're doing a punch rush just as guys. <laughs> and and Westwood wraps up liquor here. And uh, uh, puts him in a leg lock that includes bending legs in ways legs do not bend with some mm, crunching noises. Very oh, crunchy it's, noises. It's bad. It's bad. <sighs> and Jolene looking uh, still mouth agape at all this is like, huh, there's a weird ass stand attack happening right in front <laughs> of me. What? What is the situation here? Yeah. And the winner of that fight is just, like, screaming at the sky, shouting, I am a golden god. Oh, we should also probably describe what Survivor looks like. We've seen it a couple times now, just, like, yeah, appearing in the sur- ground. Survivor is not a stand. Sur- Survivor looks like a treasure. Looks yeah. like an uncharted treasure. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a cursed treasure, specifically. It's, it's a golden ring, essentially. Yeah, with, like, kind of offset from the center, uh, a little evil face with kind of like ruby eyes and like weird insect teeth like mandibles and 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 teeth on the Mm -hmm. bottom 
And then it's just got all these weird kind of like biological looking wiggly lines kind of extending from the head and then connecting to the outer ring. It almost kind of looks like entrails, sort of. That's basically Survivor. It's just a weird little looking treasure thing that sometimes is visible on the floor as it makes people really mad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so then we, we cut away. We cut back to Poochie, who is looking at his Bible and reciting uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 6, uh, but cuts out the middle bit. It keeps the, the part about, you know, don't give that which is holy unto the dogs, mm-hmm. uh, lest they trample them and turn against you. He skips the part where we get the phrase pearls before swine. Yeah. This verse, lots of interpretation around it, specifically about who are the dogs and the swine mm-hmm. meant to be in this metaphor. Which verses do we read it in a, a connection with? Is this related to earlier parts of the sermon? Is this related to the parable of the sower? How? Who are the dogs? Jesus, yeah. who's the dogs? Who's, you got to settle this debate about the dogs, bro. It's, it's causing lots of problems. You can learn more about this on the Wikipedia page for uh, Matthew 7, 6, which includes uses in pop culture that says, quote, In the sixth story arc of Chojo's Bizarre Adventure <laughs> Stone Ocean, the antagonist Enrico Pucci recites the verse word for word. It says word for word. But it's not. It's not not in, in the anime. Is it in the manga? And if it is in the manga, that is a difference between the anime and the manga that is not listed in the equally fine tooth <laughs> section on the JoJo wiki page. Oh my god. Which wiki is wrong? <laughs> I must know. I must know. Anyhow, anyhow, Sports what Poochie is up to. Is missing. Sports Maximum missed his scheduled check-in, so he correctly reasons, oh, they fucking killed him, they got his disc, they know the magic bone is in... God damn it. What's this place called again? (laughs) The hole. It's in the isolated strict discipline cell in the maximum security disciplinary wing. Mm -hmm. So Jolene is bound to head there herself, so it's a good thing that I already sent four of my guys there, and they will get the bone and kill Jolene. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this is when we see the the remaining guard hit a big red button, and it opens up all of the cells in in this place. Many silly-looking people emerge. Hell yeah. We got guys that look like they're from different parts. We got a guy that looks like fucking... There's a tiny wizard. There's a small elven wizard here. <laughs> he was in prison for performing magic, I suppose. He's going to be so excited when they find out there's a there's a Willow sequel and it's a it's a show. Uh there is a guy who looks suspiciously like Giacchio from part 5 but fucking ripped. Huge. <laughs> there's a guy who looks like who's wearing an old knight's helmet with a spike on top that looks like he's yeah. from part one. Like, all these all these dudes come out. There's like six or eight uh, that could be stand users. And I was expecting four freaky-looking guys and a whole bunch of just normal-ass dudes. Mm-hmm. The, the total freak shows outnumber stand users somehow. Somehow. Yeah, yeah. We got people dressing for the superpower they want, I guess, up here in the hole. There's a lady here who looks like a No More More Heroes boss. (laughs) Uh, God, there's just so much. Yeah, this prison guard is just shouting. Westwood loves all these new muscles he's seeing. He loves the muscles, and he shouts, 
Welcome to Fight Club. Bring it on, bitches. Yep. The movie was out by the time this chapter was written. Never mind the book. Mm -hmm. I I think this is intentional. Yeah, and to be continued, there's going to be a big fucking fight with a bunch of weird guys. I gotta gotta, uh, uh, end on one last bit Mm -hmm. of, of actor's notes for the surviving guard Westwood here. Yeah. Westwood's Japanese voice uh, voiced Penguin in Batman Arkham Knight. Okay. And uh, his dub work includes Ed Bighead in the, the Rocco's Modern Life revamp. What? Okay. And Kenny from South Park. Oh, my God. Whereas, and I have been saving this one for last, and you will know why, uh-huh. uh, Westwood's English voice was Fire Emblem in Tiger and Bunny. Okay. He played a train conductor in Muppets Take Manhattan, if Ooh. you want to find him uh, uh, in live action. Okay. But for our purposes, I'm sure he is best known as Barrett Wallace in Final Fantasy oh, VII Remake. shit. I thought yes. he sounded familiar. Yes. God. I knew I knew, I knew that voice from somewhere. Shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's great. Very happy to, to hear that. And that is the end of episode 15 and the end of our episodes today. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy Hermes gets some some spotlight. We get, you know, to know her a bit more and her character mm-hmm, and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I appreciate episode 16 for just having that wild bit at the end where two dudes just annihilate the shit out of each <laughs> other and, and love it. I love that there's a stand that just makes people get pissed off and die that's a funny ass stand power to me. It should be designed as just a little blue bird. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but just eventually, you get used to JoJo, and you fi- you figure out like what to expect, what to see, mm-hmm. to a point that just seeing more weirdos than there are stand users like really knocks you on the back foot. Like, now I don't know what to expect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some of these people are just like that. <laughs> I love the contrast between the goals of Jolene and Poochie because Jolene's are so straightforward and easy to understand. And mm-hmm. Poochie's are just like he is winging it and doing crazy shit that I don't understand. You want to How attain do you heaven. make a Dio? What are the ingredients of a Dio? <laughs> yeah, you got a bone, you had a guy touch it so you could make a zombie ghost of the guy, and now the bone like sprouted little bone legs and is running around the Panopticon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Battle Royale zone. My big question for for Dio's special bone mm-hmm. uh, right now is like, has Poochie found the information in the Jotaro memory disc that he's looking for? Right. Or does he want a Dio as a second path to that same information? Mm. Right, right, yeah. Just ask his invisible zombie how to get to heaven. Yeah. Or if he has it, is invisible zombie Dio part of it? That's That's something you need to get you to heaven. Right. I just keep imagining, like, okay, if you did make Zombie Ghost Dio, would he remember being Dio, or would he just be a feral zombie ghost that looks like Dio? Invisible Zombie Sports Maximum seemed like oh, that's himself. True. That's true. Just he with a himself. hunger for human flesh. Yeah, and Dio already had that. No difference, really. Yeah. Now he's just invisible. He'd put on makeup to not be invisible anymore. Yeah, People just... have to see Dio. <laughs> yeah, just like the Invisible Baby. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He'd get a Dio wig over his actual Dio hair. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This reminds me, by the way, that 
oh, I wish I could remember the name. There is a guy on TikTok, Japanese guy, who his whole life and hobby seems to be looking and acting more and more like Dio and just doing that in public and confusing everyone. We should investigate that man for murder. Yeah. (laughs) It's a very big part of the Dio lifestyle. Like before, he was just a guy that could do a pretty decent impression of Japanese Dio's voice actor. But then he started dressing up like part three Dio. uh, And then he got his hair dyed blonde and got it looking more like Dio's hair. And then now, he drilled a hole in his own skull because <laughs> uh-huh. he likes the way the blood squirts out. He he got a uh, heart-shaped implant, subdermal implant on his forehead. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> no, right. no. He, he didn't actually do that. Uh, but yes, Dio had that. Uh, now, I'm sure it's scheduled. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and he also sometimes walks around with a like extremely highly accurate replica of the stop sign Dio pulled out of the ground to, to <laughs> chop Jotaro's head off with. Ah, that's good. That's good. He also has a best friend at a JoJo-themed bar, and he goes there all the time. Anyways, mm-hmm. it's very funny anytime uh, Jess is on TikTok, and like every fifth video is this dude just fucking pretending to be jo- uh, uh, Dio and confusing the shit out of everyone. He goes to Universal Studios, Japan, and just shouts like Dio and it's very mortifying to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to enjoy some some wonderful fungal treats over in Super Mario World, and yeah. you're you're acting like this. I got D- we don't need Dio here. Bowser's enough. <laughs> Since we recorded some of the relevant episodes, I do have to amend some actors' notes with oh, the Mario right, movie. Right? Yep. <laughs> Poochie's Japanese voice is now playing Toad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Morio. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we're going to be coming back at you in one week's time with episodes 16 through 18. That's The Secret of Guard Westwood, Enter the Dragon's Dream, and Enter the Foo Fighters. Mm-hmm. Uh, episodes 16 through 18. 18 uh gonna get through at least one i i have to assume of these four crazed uh uh, assassins (laughs) yeah in the ultra security house unit there's a lot of guys to get through all of us a lot of guys this almost like if this were a different manga this would just be a season-long tournament arc when the big guy sends four lieutenants, that's the second to last thing. Like, right? They're doing like the four heavenly kings reference. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. you've beat up the big guy at the end. Yeah, yeah. And yet we're only halfway through the show. <laughs> that's how it was in G Gundam, gosh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. But uh, before we go, I'd just like to thank everybody for joining us, having mm-hmm. a good time with us. There are two things I want to remind you of. First, we do have a Patreon. The show is Patreon supported. We don't plug it very often. Rarely enough that I don't think we have in all of part six yet. <laughs> it just slipped yeah. my mind. Yep. So if you would like to uh, just contribute to that, uh, it is there for you at patreon.com slash chip and ironicus. Uh, and we'd really appreciate the support because it helps pay for costs that we have. Yep. And that's really good stuff. Uh, it's really good to have that covered and not have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, this is going to be 
Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the last time I plugged Six Feet Under's Mouse Guard campaign, oh because gosh. we are recording this on the day that the finale drops, which means that by the time you're hearing this, it's been out for a bit. That's how things go. But I'm so excited for that that big green publish button to be pushed mm-hmm. later this very day I'm saying these words and, and have it out in the world. If you haven't caught up, I encourage you to go listen. It is, uh, as a finale, it's obviously a story that pays off a lot of things going on, but I think it's interesting in its own right. It is uh, more of an audio drama than it is a game. In mm. fact, there is no game in the finale. Oh, wow. Uh, and it's just a, a story of, well, uh, I, I guess the final note on the, the log line of history is big, mice are small. So, so yeah, go check that out and then listen to the uh, two-part epilogue that by now is also up behind it, mm. uh, uh, where the game comes back and interaction comes back and it's much <laughs> more lighthearted and a lot of fun. It's so crazy to see that that's like reached its end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm proud of it. I'm happy. Nice. So yeah, uh, go check that out at uh, Six Feet Under, S-I-X-F-E-A-T-S-U-N-D-E-R dot com. Uh, there, there you go. Uh, it's it's done. It's finished. It is all wrapped up in a bow, and I'm really, really proud of all of those those facts. Mm. It's really crazy that like I think it was entirely unintentional too, but like all of our projects, both yours and mine, have like started up again at <laughs> roughly the same time. Yeah, yeah. There, there is this period. We we are talking to you from December. Mm. Uh, there's so from this moment. Uh, it's when uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake is is uploading again. Uh, it's when JoJo's uh, Dogs Must Die is back uploading again. That uh, uh, finished its scoring and is just out and finished in the world. Uh, Gextral Life uh, was just a few weeks ago again, mm-hmm. and uh, slightly more recently finished its its mirroring on onto uh, YouTube where. Most people are going to see it, aside from from the live audience, of course. Mm-hmm. If if Riverdale uh, weren't a spring uh, <laughs> weren't a spring premiering show for its final season, I'd add that on the pile. But that's not my fault. Uh, mm-hmm. bl- blame Roberto. And, and who knows? Maybe Mario will come back. Maybe Mario will come back with, with the news of Toad being voiced by Poochie. That's that's what we've been waiting for. That's what all we've been along. waiting for. Yeah, now Mario has to come back. Go, go check out all that stuff we talked about. Go check it out. It's, it's all good. It's good. I wouldn't put it out if it wasn't good. Yeah. How about that? Exactly. Have faith. <laughs> uh, but yeah, until then, see you next time. To be continued. too fast oh i think it's fine (laughs) (laughs) after years and years of practice yeah it's fine (laughs) it's the most familiar cadence possible it is